Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome to today's show. I have something really different for you guys today. This is not something most of you would ever expect me to have on my show, but it's something that I feel is so important, and it's a question that I've had for as long as I can remember, and it's a topic I've avoided for as long as I can remember. And my guest today is going to be talking about... um, Politics, women, mommy's boys, daddy's girls, uh, you know, whatever you want to talk about, about politics and the way people are being as politicians, we're going to be talking about it today. And I avoid politics like the plague because for me, I think it's a load of hooey. I think that we've gone far beyond what it was meant to be here in the United States and around the world as to Um, politicians not necessarily representing us as the people and having the best parts of humanity and forward. But we're going to talk about politics in a very different way today. And it's less about politics and more about leadership. My guest today wrote a book called The Kind of Women Who Can Be President of the United States. And he previously wrote a book, Mama's Boy Presidents, Why Do We Keep Electing Them? And I've known Stanford for a couple of years. We were on a radio show together once, Rhett Palmer's show. And he posed a question and I just went, huh? I, I don't I don't even know how to answer that. And it was about and we started talking about gold in my ear and stuff. So I want to introduce Stanford Erickson so we can jump right in. Now, Stanford, you have been in the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. for 35 years. You're a member of the Overseas Press Club. You were the bureau chief in Washington, D.C. I mean, you've been a speechwriter. You've worked for Hearst, McGraw-Hill, Knight Ritter, The Economist. I mean, you've got the credentials totally to be talking about this, plus a whole bunch of degrees from different colleges. Um, Why did you write a book called The Kind of Women Who Can Be President of the United States? Well, uh, it, it goes back to uh, Barack Obama, believe it or not. When Barack Obama was running for the president, I voted for him primarily because I thought, gee, wouldn't this be a good way to end the racial tension that we've had in this country and have an African-American as our president? And I didn't do much research on him. I just had this this need to and I think a lot of Americans felt this. We just we want to we want to bring the country together. And once Mr. Obama came in, I saw that he was someone who created disunity, and it shocked me because I voted for him for unity. And he started picking at the things that were wrong with our country. And there are many things that are wrong with our country, but there are many wonderful things. And to some degree, a leader has to sort of bring us together and then move us and nurture us to move in a better way, but to keep picking at things. So I thought, this next election, I'm going to do my homework on Hillary Rodham Clinton because I think she would run for president, and I thought she had a good chance of winning. So I I just didn't want to write a book on her, and I read about eight books on her. Uh, Carl Bernstein's book on her, you know, the, the Watergate person, is probably the best. Uh, but... I I did it on eight women that had been very important as politicians in the 20th century and dominant players. And I wanted to see what made them good, 
how they got elected. And and whatever you think about Hillary Lodham Clinton, she is the most successful woman politician in American history. There's no other woman that has done more than Hillary Rodham Clinton. She's a very successful politician. So I did my research on that to see I wasn't going to make the same mistake that I made Barack Obama. I wanted to select because I wanted a woman to be president. But I wanted to make certain that this time it was the right woman. Well, you know, I I finished reading your book last night. So I've spent the last few days reading, rereading, taking notes and going, do I really want to read this book? And one of the things I have to tell you is my eyes and my brain really opened when I was reading it. I've done a lot of studying about Golda Meir, um, Eleanor Roosevelt, you know, the traditional women that have been strong in politics. But when I was reading about um, Angela Merkel, who to me is quite fascinating, and even your descriptions of Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts and um, some of the other people from our past, it, it blew me away that really your book is less about the politics and more about leadership and the ability to evoke change and use wisdom that is like an ageless wisdom from, right. from both what you learn from your dad and what you learn from your mom. So that to me was really fascinating. Yeah, your insight is exactly I'm, – I'm so <laughs> proud as you speak because that's exactly what I was trying to write. What you just enunciated is what I'm trying to write. I, I was trying to create what are the qualities that make for a good president, woman or man. And when my first book on Mama's Boy's president, I, I did 11 men and I and they were all – presidents, but what were the qualities that made the best ones and what were the qualities that made the worst? And I wanted to do the same thing with women. Uh, the, you know, you and I both have written a book on wisdom. I wrote my first book, uh, uh, How to Be Wiser Than King Solomon. And wisdom, the Latin word for wisdom is sapiental, knowledge, sapiental. That's wisdom in Latin. And it makes a distinction between knowledge and wisdom. And wisdom is the application of knowledge. And what I found is that uh, the best presidents, the best leaders, and I've covered, I've interviewed top CEOs throughout the country and throughout the world, and I've interviewed presidents. The best leaders are what I call balanced people. You know, you're born left brain, you're born right brain oriented. And the best leaders learn to use both brains. You start one way and you move over and, and they've done profiles on CEOs and the best CEO starts left brain and moves a little to the right. The best CEO is an introvert and moves to the extrovert. That those are the and that's usually the best president. So you wanted a balanced what I call a balanced person. And that's a person that whether they're born a mama's boy or a, a daddy's boy or a mama's girl, or a daddy's girl, and I think you're born that way, they learn to acquire the attributes of the other parent, and they get balanced. And so you take Elizabeth Warren, I think she was a very, she's a very balanced person. She and started, for somebody that is listening, because I have international listeners, yes. um, explain, and even national uh, listeners, she, who is she? She is, she is the U.S. Senator from Massachusetts. She's the first woman senator from Massachusetts. Uh, she is the foremost speaker uh, in the country and political speaker for the Progressive Party. Uh, uh, Bernie Sanders uh, 
would have her as vice president, perhaps. She, she, uh, she's been talked about as being a president, presidential candidate. But she's also a foremost – she was a foremost professor at Harvard. Yeah, and she, she was – she's, uh, uh, she she's written, I think, 12 books in terms of finance – especially bankruptcy, and she's been a professor at uh, Harvard. Uh, okay, she, so she's... And she started as a Republican. Okay, so she came from a very poor family, started as a Republican, in 1996 became a Democrat. So she made that switch. Okay, so, you know, somebody like Elizabeth Warren, who has been doing amazing things on an educational scholastic level changing the way we're thinking about finances. I mean, if you read any of her work, it's pretty amazing. And I didn't even know all that stuff till I read what you wrote. You came up with these ideas of mama's boys, mama's girls, daddy's boys, different. It's a different way of thinking it than left brain, right brain. I think we need to step back. And can you explain what those different things are? Because yes. they define leaders in a different way. Yes. I believe that people are born either a daddy's boy or a mama's boy or a daddy's girl or a mama's girl. And I think you're born that way. It's called attachment psychology. It's a recent psychology. It was in the 1990s that it came about where they started to determine through research that the child seems to identify with one parent or the other parent. And I, they think it's due to environment. I think you're born that way. And I think environment exacerbates it or enhances that. Uh, there are certain policy inclinations and leadership styles that go with being a daddy's boy or a mama's uh, boy or a daddy's girl or a mama's girl. And this is how it goes. When you're born a daddy's boy, you're happy with yourself because you're a daddy, you're a boy, and you fit with other boys. If you're a mama's boy, you identify with your mother, but you're dealing with boys. And so you feel insecure among boys. Barack Obama's a mama's boy. So he surrounds himself with women because it makes him secure. And he's insecure. He's insecure with men. Uh, he's afraid to be macho. He draws a line. He backs off. That's, that's, okay, that's, that's the management style of a uh, mama's boy. Now, Is what, they draw a line and they back off. Because unless they become balanced— you take Abraham Lincoln, mama's boy, he he won the Civil War. Yeah, he definitely he, didn't he, step back. He manned up. So you, wherever you start, you learn to acquire the other attributes, and that's a balanced person. So you want a balanced person. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? It, it does. And when I was reading your book, I went back through my life <laughs> and the way I've been, because I've always been in very male-dominated fields. I owned a technology services company for 15 years. You know, I was a sports information director in college. I went to an engineering college of engineering degrees. Daddy's girl, daddy's girl, daddy's, daddy's girl. girl. Yet I write, I speak, I've had newspaper columns. So you you've know, learned for, to be balanced. And I've always felt that just going one way or another didn't work for me and felt very stressful because it wasn't the full me. That's uh, very insightful. Uh, also, the, the reason you progress so rapidly is because daddy's boys generally were running a lot of those institutions and those businesses. 
They could identify with you. They weren't threatened by you. Oh, no, they were. But we're going to talk more about that when we come back from the commercial break. More with Stanford Erickson. We were talking about daddy's boys, daddy's girls, mama's boy, mama's girl. In your book, you talk about this concept of that these women, the eight women that you talk about, it ranges from uh, Angela Merkel to Elizabeth Galt Wilson, uh, wife of President Wilson, Eleanor Roosevelt, Golda Meir, Margaret Thatcher, Elizabeth Warren, Carly Fiorina, who me from being in the tech days, I have my 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 dark side about her and, and the upside about her, um, Hillary Rodham Clinton. You talked about something fascinating here. You said that the men that they were married to, and most of them have been through multiple marriages, not all of them, but most of them. It seems like the men are the opposite. So if they're a mama's girl, the dad's, uh, the husband is the opposite of that. Um, can you, is that necessary to have? It, I think it helps balance the person. I, I, I think Ronald Reagan would never have been president if it had not been with uh, Nancy Reagan. Uh, Ronald Reagan is a mama's boy. Uh, uh, Nancy Reagan was a strong, strident, Daddy's girl, and she said when she met him, she said, you can be president, and she pushed him, and she was the one that when he got in trouble that fired people, he could not fire people. Abraham Lincoln, when he met Mary Todd, she said, you could be president. She's a daddy's girl. He's a mama's boy, and and she was the one that pushed him to be president and manned him up, taught him to be. Now you take Angela Merkel, uh, a mama's girl, uh, and this is not meant disparaging, not no. the way people think you're a mama's boy or you're a daddy's girl. I'm a, I'm a mama's boy. It's not disparaging. It's just, you know, you have to have common sense and just say everybody recognizes those things. They really do. And and I, I just saw that uh, I could document it. I wrote the book to document the relationship with the mother and the father and how the child was in the beginning and how – you just knew from the beginning, Margaret Thatcher, you knew she was a daddy's girl. At 15, she said, her mother was a daddy's girl too, uh, I stopped talking to my mother at 15. We did not have a relationship. Her father, who was a mama's boy, took care of her, nurtured her, made her famous. Same thing with Golden Meyer. Golden Meyer at 15, she ran away from home at 15. <laughs> and her mother was this dominant Daddy's girl, she was a daddy's girl. The father was a mama's boy. Uh, Margaret Thatcher, uh, I think, was sort of a conflicted person because she never she she never learned to really have that feminine quality about her. She didn't take care of her children. She dropped her husband. She saved Israel three times. Israel from annihilation. So Golda Meir did wonderful things. But in terms of learning to be a balanced person, not so much. All right. You started to talk about Angela Merkel. Let, yes. Let's talk about her a little more. If, you, if people don't know, she's the chancellor of, of, Germany, of Germany and has been for how long now? Uh, this is uh, – she's in her second term and she could run for a third term. She could, But she's considering she'd like to perhaps head the UN or yes, something like she, that. Yes, I think – you know, Angela Merkel was a PhD. She could have been a physicist. Uh, she loved that, but her first husband was not quite as bright as she, and he was in chemistry, so she became a chemical physicist and followed him 
uh, and did her career with him. And she found, because she was uh, a mama's girl, and she sort of did what she was supposed to do with her husband. But she found that he hampered her career. So she dropped him. <laughs> so she started out as a mama's girl, which means she went along, she put her own needs second yes, in order to that's what take mothers care of somebody do. else. That's okay. what mothers do. They have this nurturing need. They have this compassion, this kindness. It's, it's just instinctive with them, just like every mother we've ever loved. They have this nurturing need. All women have it, but the mama's girls really have it. Okay. And the mama's boys have it. This nurturing, uh, Barack Obama wants to take care of the world, you know. So she had that. But she found that she also had this drive, this tiger in her to be a leader. You're born a leader. I don't think you can learn to be a better leader, uh, even if you're not born one. But I think you're born a leader. You. <laughs> Thank you. You are born a leader. And you've always been a leader. Just People are born that. Now, you can become a good leader or a bad leader. A, a, a bad leader is to say, do it my way. A good leader starts to learn to listen to other people. Starts to, now, she was born a leader, but not in a leader position. But she had this driving need to be a leader. So she drops her husband because he's slowing her down in being a leader. Because he wanted to be the leader. But she was the better leader than he. And then uh, she was, uh, because she could speak Russian, German, and English, great linguist. She was hired by the, the uh, East German uh, uh, politicians to be their spokesperson. And surprise, surprise, because mama's girls and mama's boys are very good at manipulating. In terms of their management, how they manage, they manipulate. Now, uh, you're not like that, Laura. You are direct. but, but Yeah, the, to my deficit sometimes. <laughs> yes, you're direct. But the mama's girls... They, they're afraid to be direct because they're they're a little uh, uh, considerate and kind and shy. So they're afraid. So to get what they want, they manipulate. So now she's hired to be the spokesperson. And surprise, surprise, in a couple of years, the press, which she's dealing with, discovered that her boss used to be part of the German intelligence uh, agency. The Stasi. Yes. <laughs> and so he's gone. <laughs> For a little backstory, Angela Merkel was born was raised in east germany not west germany so when the wall went up she was on the other side the communist side okay go ahead now then uh the west german chancellor needed a woman and wanted to bring the the two uh germanies together so he hired her as his press secretary and lo and behold about four years later they discover the press now she's dealing with the press but they discover that this chancellor was taking had a slush fund and so he's gone and she's in charge so was it some of being in the right place at the right time or because of my this balancing my um, assumption is that being a manipulator uh she got the story out now that's okay that's, well we don't know for sure we don't know for sure but but the, the key you're to, a journalist you yeah, get it but the, but the key to good manipulators is that she wasn't telling she was telling the truth they did. They had a slush fund. She was just letting maybe perhaps people know that they had a slush fund. But she wasn't lying. Right. She was just exposing. And, and in fact, she then was very uh, – uh, said we have to be honest. And she's she, – in her career, 
she has been very, very honest and forthright. There's nothing illegal about how she operates. So the people she was dealing with were not like that, and that probably offended her as well. Okay, so we're going to go into the news break. Funny, we're talking to a journalist, and we're about to go into a news break. I'd like you to think about, as we, as you're on the news break, if you're on the podcast, pause it and think about this. Where are you being authentic in your life, and where are you not? Because that's really what this whole balance is with Daddy's Girls and Mama's Girls, is you have to be authentic to yourself. So if you think there's someplace you're not, tweet out to at the Laura Stewart or tweet out where you are. And we'll be right back after the news break with more from Stanford Erickson. During the break or the podcasters, you you paused it to listen a little further and think about where you're being authentic and where you're not. Um, Stanford, to me, one of the issues I have with my own self and, and with politicians and with leadership is that struggle between... I never want to be something than who I truly am. And there have been times where I've been on stage speaking. I do keynote speaking. And the very first time I got on stage, I'm like, I have to be perfect. I have to be perfect. Everything has to go flawless. And I must say all the right things. And I struggled the entire time I was on that stage until somebody asked me a question And the question, I don't even remember what the question was, but I know that the question shook me up because I needed to be totally vulnerable to answer it. I knew in that moment that life is not perfect and that if I've stumbled, I can help somebody because of that. And so many people want to present themselves as perfect and that they, everything in their life is perfect. I mean, we see it on social media all the time. Like the only things you see are everything wonderful in your life. When you talked about these women, you you shared failings and fumblings and problems that they had that you don't normally hear about unless it's an unauthorized biography. Why do you think that wisdom and authenticity are so tied together and being a good leader altogether? The, uh, you know, Everybody likes a secret. If you say, I have a secret, look at every child in a room. If you want to get the attention of children, you say, I have a secret. They go, a secret. And we all like the secrets, the vulnerabilities of people. And we are drawn to people to know their vulnerabilities. And we know that the vulnerabilities tell us a lot about that person. And it also encourages us to show our own vulnerabilities. So facing your vulnerabilities and talking about your vulnerabilities in a positive way, I think is learning to be a balanced individual. And and I think, remember Hillary Rodham Clinton, they asked her, well, did you lie? Do you lie? And she says, I don't think so. Well, that was a lie right there. <laughs> I remember okay. Lillian Carter, the mother of, of uh, uh, President Carter, and she was being interviewed by uh, 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 a journalist friend of mine. And, and the journalist friend uh, came in, and uh, Lillian was also being interviewed by a French woman. And the journalist friend was Helen Thomas, very famous journalist. Yeah. And as she came in, uh, uh, the, the French woman was supposed to leave, but she did not leave, the French journalist. And uh, 
Helen Thomas said to Lillian, uh, do you lie? Because that's when Jimmy Carter sort of said I didn't lie or something. And Lillian said, well, I try not to. And the French journalist said, you try not to? And Lillian looked at her and said, well, when you walked in the room and you had that lousy suit on, I said, you look nice. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's very important to be authentic. And to be authentic, we have to know we're not perfect and that we do make mistakes. But are we well-intentioned? And what I'm trying to do when I write these books is I'm trying to say, were these people well-intentioned? I think every president, I've covered uh, three presidents that I really interviewed and so forth, but I covered most of the presidents the last. I mean, you interviewed Nixon, Ford, Nixon, and Ford. Reagan. Yes, I covered those, but I also was in press conferences with the others. And, and other I, world uh, leaders. Yes, and world leaders. The, 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 the key is, are they authentic? Uh, uh, what makes him authentic? Uh, the I think Ronald Reagan, so many journalists thought he was sort of stupid. Ronald Reagan, I found to be an extremely intelligent person, but extremely shy. And he became an actor because he was so shy. And so he would protect himself sometimes uh, by telling little stories, some stories that weren't even true, just because he was shy. But when it came to issues that were important, he was not shy at all, and he was very authentic. And I think good leaders uh, uh, have to learn to do that. Uh, the, the women I wrote about, I think in almost every case, they were somewhat authentic. Golda Meyer was absolutely authentic. She was a daddy's girl, and she was a tough person, and she was determined that Israel was going to survive. And make no bones about it, that's who she was. Uh, Margaret Thatcher, uh, her there was a recession when she became prime minister. She helped create the recession because she was trying to change it out of socialism. And all her party said, uh, okay, we've got to turn around this. We, you know, you can't be such an ideological person. And she said, she went on BBC and she said, the woman does not turn. The woman does not turn? <laughs> the really? woman does not turn. And then when she met Ronald Reagan and he was going to meet Gorbachev, she said, don't go wobbly on me, Ronnie. <laughs> Don't go wobbly on me. And it's because she liked to hold the line. Well, she was authentic to who she was. She she, um, she was the Iron Lady, and she knew she had to change the government that was going into socialist oblivion. She had to change that, and that was the most important thing in her life. Golda Meir had to save Israel. We are at a time right now; uh, the world is in such turmoil. We need a president, to some degree, that's authentic, says what he says, what she he means, and I think, or she means, or she means, and I think the public knows that. Uh, there's the Germans call it Zeitgeist. There's a sort of worldview. People understand that this is a very tumultuous time, and the reason Bernie Sanders, I believe, and Donald Trump are resonating so well is because. You might disagree with them, but they seem to be authentic. They don't seem to be hypocrites. They seem to say what they're going to say. And we we sort of feel there's a certain security in knowing that. And and I, I think uh, I, I wrote about Hillary because Hillary, uh, 
her problem is that she was raised in a family where her mother was a mama's girl. She was a mama's girl. Her father was a daddy's boy and an ogre, a terrible man. That's terrible. He got better as she became more successful. Her mother enabled the father to be a terrible man. Her mother did that. But her mother wanted to protect Hillary. So she told Hillary, you got to be a tough person. Be like your father. Be a t-. Now, Hillary's a mama's girl. But Hillary writes in her autobiography, and many people quote it, when she was six, she went out in the street and then came back crying. And her mother said, well, Hillary, what's wrong? She said, well, Becky down the street hit me. And I don't get along with her or any of the boys. And her mother said, we do not raise cowards in this house. Go and hit her. You have my permission to hit her. So Hillary went out, hit her, ran back, told her mother, Becky's my friend. She likes me. I hit her. Because she stood up to her? Because she stood up to her. So that for Hillary. And we're not advocating going out and hitting anybody, anybody. (laughs) This was a story from Hillary's past. (laughs) But Hillary learned when she gets in survival mode, she goes into this daddy's boy, this mama's. uh, Daddy's girl. Daddy's girl persona. She gets tough. On the Benghazi hearing, she says, what difference, what difference does it make that they died? They attacked her. She struck back. Where Angela Merkel would have said, I feel so sorry for that. And we probably all made mistakes in this. We're all trying to. She would, she would deal with it that way. But Hillary dealt it tough. And that's not her nature. So since her nature is being a mama's girl and, a da- and she's trying to learn to be a daddy's boy, the hypocrisy, the, the camouflage of being one person and not the other makes her a conflicted person. Is that where they talk about the phrase, the velvet glove, where, you know, you've got a strong fist underneath, but there's a softness to the top of it? That's a balanced person. Okay. You know, it's amazing that you brought that up because Abraham Lincoln was considered the velvet glove. Oh, I didn't know that. They said under that velvet glove was a fist of iron. They, they, they didn't believe that. They thought Abraham Lincoln would be this weak president, and they didn't understand that Abraham Lincoln was raised by a father who was difficult, made him man up, was a, a strong Baptist. Abraham Lincoln was an atheist, didn't, agnostic, did not want to go to church because his father. When his father died, he did not go to his father's funeral. But when he became president, he named his last son Thomas. His father's name was Thomas. Gotcha. All right, we're going to go into our last commercial break, Stanford. Um, You talked about this concept of balance and the velvet glove. I think it's a great description of what it is. When we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit more about this and also why we never had a woman president when other countries around the world who you never would expect to have a woman leader have. We'll be right back with more from Stanford Erickson. Why do you think we've never had a female president before? In the United States. Uh, in the United States, and there have been women leaders throughout the world. and uh, In countries you would never expect yes, a woman to like lead. like Israel and Germany. Germany and England, <laughs> yeah. yes, uh, Indonesia. The uh, first, uh, we, the women did not have a vote in this country until 1921, and so it took a while for women just to get organized, and until about the 60s, women were not even a force 
political force too much in this country. Uh, Eleanor Roosevelt did more to bring the women together as a force than any other woman of that time. And she was called lesbian because of it. Well, yes. And I don't think she was a lesbian. I think she had lesbian relations because uh, they took care of her. And she was a woman that needed to be taken care of. And FDR at that point was not willing to take care of her. And he he had uh, cheated on her and that sort of. But it seems like whenever a woman is strong, they they they, they call they, you the B word they, they, or yes, something else. Yes, it's, and it's very easy to do, and 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 they should not do it. Uh, but the, uh, the the we have an economy in the United States that is dominated by daddy's boys. Uh, the military is do- dominated by daddy's boys, especially in the twentieth century. Uh, I worked for CEOs. I was a CEO. To get ahead as a CEO, you almost had to be a daddy's boy because the daddy's boy hired daddy's boys, promoted daddy's boys. Daddy's boys were in charge. The boys club. The boys club. And I was a mama's boy and I plateaued at about 35 and I'd been extremely successful. But at 35, I plateaued because the daddy's boys saw me and it didn't compute. I mean, he's too considerate of people. He's sensitive to people. He might hire the wrong people. Everybody likes him, but he will, maybe he won't fire somebody. We need people that can make strong decisions to fire people. The daddy's boys said, this is not a leader, you know, because he doesn't look like us, doesn't act like us, doesn't talk like us. So for about five years, I plateaued. And I became a speechwriter in Washington, D.C., because I was not going to go in McGraw-Hill into the upper management, even though they paid to send me to Columbia Business School to put me in upper management. But when they met me, Donald McGraw said, Harold McGraw said, I can't relate to this person. So I had no future. And I, I, so I quit and I became a speechwriter, made more money. But I finally learned how to imitate and talk to daddy's boys so they could relate to me because I had to make the adjustment to them they were not about to make the adjustment to me. Now, because I was making a lot of money for them, they liked me in spite of myself somewhat. But I also hardened myself too. And when I first became a publisher, I didn't ever want to be a publisher. I wanted to be an editor forever. My wife said, well, you know, if you're a publisher, you have business decisions and it might make you a man. <laughs> my wife said that Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's true. As I had to make decisions – on people, and if you're, you're going to promote or uh, and how to fire people and make those kinds of tough decisions, it manned me up. Now, you're so going that, back to that question okay. in terms of the women. The women basically – In the U.S. In, in the U.S. So ba- basically the women in the U.S., I think, were in a transition, and I think women – who will be president of the United States in the first part of the 21st century will be daddy's girls like you, Laura, who've learned to balance themselves so that they, they come across with sensitivity and, and uh, uh, kindness and deflect, deflect their directness because it's very hard to be direct when you're being a politician. You had to learn to deflect things. And a, a daddy's girl would tend to be, you ask them a question, tell you the answer. Well, the press loves that because it can destroy you. 
Yeah. So you, you have to be careful on how direct you're going to be. You don't have to lie, but you have to learn to deflect. So I think in the first part of the 21st century, the women that will get elected president of the United States will be daddy's girls because we like strong people as our leaders. They come across strong, but they learn to be nurturing, considerate, and it's more easy for a woman to do that because they are made to be nurturing. They're made to be mothers. So they're, they're na- it's more easy for them to, for a daddy's girl to, to acquire those attributes of their mother. Uh, so I think the reason I don't think Hillary will get elected this time is because she's a mama's girl. She knows she's a mama's girl. She's very astute. She knows that we like to elect daddy's girls. We like to elect daddy's boys. We like strong people. So she is pretending she's a strong person. But if you look at her life, she's not been that strong. Uh, She has been an enabler to Bill Clinton. Now, you think Margaret Thatcher would have put up with Bill Clinton? You think... (laughs) <laughs> you think Golda Meir would have put up with Bill Clinton? No. <laughs> they would say, and don't let the door hit you on the back. On the way out. <laughs> on the All way right, out. So we're, we're starting to run out of time. Here's a question for you. Is it possible, or change that, what is something one of my listeners could do if they are fully a daddy's girl or a daddy's boy or a mama's girl or a mama's boy in order to help them get that that velvet glove, that layer over it or the fist underneath? What's something that they could do to begin shifting and balancing? First of all, they have to recognize who they are. They have to be honest with themselves. And be okay with it. And be okay with it. Just recognize who they are. And they can, do they have this, this need to take care of people? This, this consideration of people. They probably are a mama's girl and a daddy's girl, uh, 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 mama's boy. So recognize who that. If you're a more direct person, if you like uh, things sort of uh, it's this way and you're action-oriented, you tend to be modest. You don't need to be self-centered. Uh, mama's girls and mama's boys love to be self-centered, the center of attention because their mama loved them. So you have to recognize who you are. Then once you recognize who you are, you have to say, I have to acquire these other attributes. I have to, for a mama's boy, I have to man up. For a mama's girl, I have to be more direct. I shouldn't be so manipulative. I should say what I think. Uh, the, I want power. If, if you're a leader, I want power. I should say I want power rather than wait for power to be thrust upon me. Well, no one puts power upon you. Take power. So you, if you want to be a leader and you're a mama's girl, you have to take power. It, it's not going to give – no one's going to give it to you. You have to learn to take it. If you're uh, a daddy's girl, you have to start listening to other people and not be so direct and not be so action-oriented and, and wait for people to think and talk and then make a decision. That's great advice for – Everybody, no matter what they're doing in the world. So how can people find out about your books? Because I highly recommend everybody get The Kind of Women Who Can Be President of the United States. It, it, it's really a book about leadership and wisdom. Yes, and it's on um, Amazon, and you can buy it there, and it's on uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, the, I'm also – I have a website, www.stanfordericson.com, and all my books are there and, and 
op-eds and things. My background is there. But it's very nice to be with a daddy's girl who's so polite and kind. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I, I, you know, it's important. That's what my mommy taught me. (laughs) You know, everybody knows I caregive for my mom, and I, I feel take the best of both my parents. Those are the best people to be a president of the United States. I'm not running. (laughs) I know, but that's who we need. (laughs) All right. So if you want to get a copy of any of Stanford's book, The Kind of Women Who Can Be President of the United States, Mama's Boy Presidents, or uh, How to Be Wiser Than Solomon, go to StanfordErickson.com for more information about Stanford. And I'll have a link up on the website, Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. And if they wanted to reach out to you directly? Uh, Just... On my website, you can do that. There's an email that Contact, they Contact, great. So yes. the best way, go to stanfordericson.com, and that's E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. Thanks for being here, Stanford, and for enlightening me. I really enjoyed the book. Oh, Laura, I look forward to reading your book. I'm going to do that. Thank um, you. Remember, everybody, the right questions truly can change your life. So it's important to ask the right questions of the right people. If you're having trouble, please let me know and reach out to me at laura at laurasteward.com and I'll see how I can help you out. I do do one-on-ones and masterminds. Have a great day, everyone, and figure out if you're a daddy's girl or a mama's girl. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.